0: Hey, I'm Stella Rose Gahan and I'm on Sticky Jazz.
1: The opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Jeremy Hinks and Sticky Jazz Podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else on this planet.
2: Good day, everybody. Welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm Jeremy Hinks, the man of a million musical opinions, all of which have to be correct. This week, I have uh, the legendary Los Angeles based gay metal tribute band called Gay AC/DC, and uh, that name should pretty much tell you who they are and what they're about. They do uh, ACDC covers, and uh, they're rather gay about it, and that's the whole point. So if you want rude, crude, lewd, and obnoxious, then uh, look no further. I interviewed three of them a couple years ago in their band, The Doberman. They're all in a lot of different bands. They're all just professional musicians, just playing in different bands over the years, and uh this time i got all of them on i got uh chris i had steve brian clint died uh everybody on and uh, they've just done a collaboration with uh timothy eaton uh he's a musical guru from geez forever he's been in the business for a long time they just did a he commissioned them to uh, do a uh, an argent cover their eighties metal tribute here uh, called "Hold Your Head Up," and it's uh, out. It's a shout out to the uh, young queer people to hold your head up and to be strong. Uh, we tried to do this during Pride during June, but everything had been going crazy in my universe, so I had to keep rescheduling this interview. But we got it. It's finished and ready to go for everybody to enjoy. So I'm going to open this one up with Hold Your Head Up by Gacy DC. And let's all sit
3: back and do the sticky jazz.
2: i am here and welcome to sticky jazz and uh this week i finally lined this one up not that i have already talked to a couple of these guys this is gacy dc and uh we've had to reschedule and throw darts in the dark and who knows what to make this happen but we finally did it so i have steve mcknight and uh chris freeman I got Brian and Glenn here, and we're waiting for Clint and Tim to show up. We'll they'll get here some, some, we hope they can make it. But gentlemen, welcome. Glad Thank to you. finally have this. I know. Yes,
0: glad we could make it work. Special yeah. jazz hands. Jazz hands.
2: <laughs> jazz hands, man. It's So uh, I have had, uh, I, I, let's just a little background history here. I had three of you on my show with Frank as the Doberman, yeah, uh, about two years ago. And wow. You know, <laughs> it was It was two years ago, Remember that? <laughs> and you guys had just released a video, and you were like, you were telling stories about, well, where are we going to stand when you, nobody had actually met as the Doberman until he did the video shoot that day
4: right and,
2: and that was a great conversation we had a great time then uh and i i have to say that the doberman was the third most streamed episode i've ever had wow show oh that's so cool uh number two was uh man on man yep. okay okay and uh number one thank you very much brian by the way it was uh doug I had more hits. Doug's fan base is fucking rabid, man. Those guys i just I just kept looking every day. I'm like five thousand more. What the hell's going on? Like like I had like that for like months afterwards. I just kept getting like Doug was just at the top the whole time. you know, Doug was just I'm like yeah. he's he's got a crazy fan base, but he's Doug, man. I mean, you know, you. So thank you for uh, thank you for be, hooking he
5: me. He might be making a cameo in our uh, in the the next KCDC video.
2: Oh, well, okay. Just, little, well, just
5: throwing that out there. Just throwing he, that he out there.
2: He might be. It's possible. He might be. It's possible. It's quite possible. Quite possible.
0: He's- well,
2: uh, thank you, Brian Welsh. By the way, thank you for setting that up. He was an sure. absolute champ. Uh, we we a talked about
6: our partners. Doug has been to more of our shows than anyone else, aside from our partners.
2: Really? So, totally. so he's, really he's hard. a diehard fan. I, I guess he's on the guest list every night. Is it pretty much oh, yeah. like? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, he, he he's really, also played with us.
0: I think he's about, you know, I think it goes beyond just, you know, it being cool. I, it, but it was such a it was such an otherworldly thing to be have him be one of our idols, at least one of mine for a long time because of King X and Ty Tabor and their songs. And then I'm sitting in at his house having dinner with him that he cooked. And it was just like, I had to text my other, I had to fanboy a little bit. There were friends of mine that I said, guess where I am? I said, I'm listening to the new King's X record in Doug's studio before it comes out. So there, suck it. You know, and like they were were like,
2: oh my God, how does that? That's
0: that's LA
4: for you.
2: That's what? okay. Now that would be an LA moment for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's an LA moment.
0: But he's such a he's such a cool guy. He's been so supportive. He appreciates what we're about, and I think it's great.
2: Yeah, Biggest sweetheart. Biggest sweetheart, Well, he he was talking about like he was like, oh dude, I love Killing Joke. They're one of my favorite bands. Oh dude, Echo and the Bunnymen, love those guys. They're fa- oh Peter Hook, man, he's one of the most innovative bassists, right? And we talked like, but then after I hit pause, when the interview is over, we talked for another 40 minutes, just about bass guitars and And about like just the people that we both love. Right. And he was so cool. So chill. Right. But I was like, when I told him, I was like, you're like the left-handed like charismatic. I mean, you're up there with your Mohawk in that like army dress jacket, playing left-handed five-string bass. And you're a black gay guy. I'm mean, like, what about that isn't completely fucking cool you know that's the definition of unicorn yeah and he He was like and he was like really i was just up there playing man i I didn't think about i was like dude you got swagger to outdo pretty much i'm like doug on stage is he's the walking dead. he could like he's up there with with mick jagger and bono and david gone from depeche that's the kind of swagger that doug has on stage Yeah, you know and so I'm telling him that he's like, oh, I really never really thought that. i just get up here <laughs> and play, man. I'm just having a good time. Really?
0: Guys, like, it's just him. He's a special human.
2: Oh, he's superhuman, man. Doug's great. Love, love is, you know, but he was, he was so cool to talk to. I just couldn't, I was like, I can't believe I'm dying. And he's like, oh yeah, Jerry and Ty this. I'm like, this is, that was a, a a new like step for me to be talking to a guy like that. So I really appreciate that. So cool. thanks for setting that up, Brian. Sure. Um, We also have another mutual friend, Mr. Chuck Panazzo. Mr. Chuck, yes. Um, Chuck is Chuck's a sweetheart, a uh, beautiful man with a big heart. Yep. Uh, who is amazed when the lights turn on. Um, the the dude has no concept of technology at all. He's like he's so he's like man, I'm so, I'm in the seventies, man. You know, like he's.
4: So. <laughs> wait,
5: wait, we're not using dial-up.
2: <laughs> well okay actually the funniest thing about chuck was um uh when when i was talking to brian about this i was like i didn't know chuck was in bad health he's like no chuck's in great health i was like well because he had to have a roadie walk him to the stage up there and when when i because chuck i'm on the guest list and he sends me texts and funny pictures all the time now and everything but when i was shooting a sticks concert just a few weeks later um a roadie walked him up to the stage and brian was like oh yeah bitch can't see in the dark (laughs)
3: it's
2: like oh it's like it's not funny that he's that he can't see in the dark but you know the whole thing is like oh yeah chuck he's got the worst vision in the world man like especially when it's night he can't see anything i was like oh well then that makes sense he's he's up there manhandled up the stairs
0: (laughs) (laughs) acts that way he just acts that way so they can like check for lumps you know
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: so, but uh so let's see uh, just full disclosure wait, wait, wait by the way i interviewed john ginoli twice since we spoke last chris oh wow I, I interviewed him for your your shows last summer well, you, you guys did a handful of shows last summer and then uh i i interviewed him a couple of weeks ago just 20 minutes because pansy division is trying to squeeze out 1000 shows yes and uh I, I mentioned in the in that picture that you guys had, I was like, y- y- you, you weren't wearing socks. He's like, I was, but they were those really small, you know. And somehow that came up later. He's like, we were wearing socks, and we we're joking about how there's him standing next to you and all that in those in the picture of you guys all running, in the pansy division pick of you guys all running. And then he said later on in the interview, he's like, yeah, we'll be playing this this other, like, Southern Decadence Festival. And since I'm the only... Single guy in the band. I'm going to be wearing the tightest bikini I can find, and I said, "With socks." He says, "Yes, with socks." You know, like for some reason I just came back up, right? John's great to talk to. John's always to talk
5: to. <laughs> well. We did. We went down to Southern Decadence, and true to form, the cops came and shut it down before we got on stage. So uh, we did not get to play. There was a little mini tussle, and more police showed up and were carting people away. So I said to the band, "Let's grab our shit and get the fuck back to our Airbnb."
2: So
3: it was. So we're, uh, we're was it like? A, make,
2: was we're going like to try a, and get
5: that show back up.
2: A mini Stonewall? Was that it? Was that the? Uh... Well,
5: not quite a Stonewall, but the they oh. uh, they said that the um, because it was sort of put on by a gay bar that had an outdoor seating area, and they just took over the street and put up the stage. Well, they didn't get. Um, permits correct so here's all this stuff set up and they said all right eight o'clock you're done and we were like well we were just ready to go on and yeah no it was over oh man yeah very sad yeah the promoter was
0: crying and just like sobbing and but but all the stuff they have that goes on at southern decadence and i've been there a couple of times the swapping of fluids and all kinds of stuff they're gonna worry about a live band playing with like riv- rivulets of semen going down the street, they're gonna worry about a band playing outside. You know, really, uh, it
5: was uh, it was very uh, very emotional, and I felt really bad for the guy. There wasn't, you know, what could we do? But uh, yeah, we're inching up. I mean, after the we've got a another couple of long weekends uh, of shows, and then next year we're gonna do we have twelve. We'll have twelve more s- shows, and then we'll hit a thousand. So next year we'll play our thousandth show. Probably in San Francisco.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, John and I talked about it. I'm gonna try and be there for that. Not, not like Gay C D C or Pansy Division come through Salt Lake ever. You know. Well, we've
5: now we we have a connection. We you were gonna be the last show on the tour that was that we had to cancel in March of 2020. Cut down. So, um, and the Hard Rock there has said whenever you guys are ready. So I tried again to do a southern route going up, like go from Denver over to Salt Lake, the other direction from Mm -hmm. the south and i couldn't get it to work I, you know some clubs were just you know we can't do it um so it's you know that was but that was a, a year or more ago so yeah no i, yeah. I was scheduled zeffirella?
2: to shoot that yeah. one you and zeffirella that was scheduled yeah. to shoot that one so yeah, we're looking forward to it yeah well one day right i will get to see you cats live and that will be the uh, you also weren't you in orange county when we played the whiskey Yes, I was there with my wife and kids and my wife's like, you are not going, you are not going into L.A. for a show. OK, she's like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I was there with my daughter. She's like, no, we, we were down in um, yeah Newport. My oh,
0: that's, like, that's even further. Yeah. OK, yeah,
2: well, I, I had just flown. I just shot New Order the week before the weekend before in Hollywood. I shot New Order and Pet Shop Boys, bummed around in L.A. for a day, flew back was in Salt Lake for a day, drove back down with the family. And so I, my wife was like, no, you're not doing any music journalism on this trip. You're, you're, you know, so. Uh, otherwise I totally would have loved to have gone to see you guys, man. This has been something I've wanted for years. Right. So, but, uh, full we'll, get out there. we'll get yeah, out you'll, there. You'll get here. I mean, I, I know plenty of gay bars who'd host you, you know, it'd be great uh i even know a a straight bar you guys could play and i'm sure we could fill that one too you know but no no rivers of no 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 rivers of bodily fluids running around on the floor there steve well i don't think
0: it's not like city i think yeah that's specific to the quarter
2: (laughs) so but uh full disclosure gentlemen this morning i grabbed my gacy dc t-shirt and put it on not thinking and then i looked i was like i can't wear that shirt while interviewing these guys that would just look tacky so I switched it out. So, uh, but so it's new model army is what I'm wearing today, but I had JC DC on this morning for about two minutes. And I realized that would just be, no, I, I can't, I can't wear that for the interview.
5: <laughs> Even though well, they're not see, you know, rep- they're seeing this, right?
0: Yeah. We tried to represent with the green screen a little bit between Brian and Chris. So
2: I, I, I love the green screen. I do. It's great. Um, <laughs> so, that guys so Glenn everybody, thank you for the commercial you guys gave me last time, by the way. Um I laugh every time I hear it. I cool. just, it just I mean, I know I just said, "Hey Brian, could you do this for me?" and then I I get it like 2 days, 3 days later. It was awesome. It was like it was just exactly I was like, "You guys were so funny putting that one together for me." And I, you know, so I I put that on a lot of shows. Um and yeah,
0: that's us being our ridiculous selves. So that's just the camera just happened to be on. <laughs> that's that's like every day for us.
6: <laughs> well, who is it it's that just, said? It, it was a Tuesday, you know. That's just a
0: regular Tuesday in the life yep. of gay CDs. Pretty
6: much. But
2: but, but was it that said? Ooh, so sticky. Who is it that said that?
0: It might have been Clint. <laughs>
2: probably, probably Clint. That's Either a very Clint cl- Yeah, that's, that's a Clint-ism. Yeah,
0: there's sure. a blackism. Okay. Thing feature on both of us.
7: Very olfactory. No, nope. <laughs> is it a clinkgasm? Could be a gasm. <laughs> clinkgasm or clintism. Either way, it's him.
2: Well, I I, I was like, because I just said, hey, you know, I started. I was like, yeah, I'll collect intros from bands from, and I I was like, you know, I usually have them recorded before the session or before I hit, you know, do the regular. But I was like, hey, Brian, and hey, Brian, you know, like, hey, two three days later, I had. I was like, oh, that is awesome, you know. So i mean i've i've had i've had some some funny ones i've had some others they they sound awkward doing it you know but well you guys were great for that that was a lot of fun um but let's see shout out and accolades okay steve when when you gave me that that assistance on that mess that i had with that kid right that that kid doing dumb things remember that yes and then i i explained what you told me to my wife and her best friend and they said well who is that? I said, Oh, that's Steve. And how do you know Steve? Oh, he's a, well, see, he's a power lifter. Oh, okay. Who dresses like a naughty schoolgirl and wears rainbow stockings. That's
0: the only way to be, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They didn't, it pulls they didn't it off so well, <laughs> but they didn't believe me when I said it. I was like, "Oh, he's a powerlifter." Oh, okay. Who wears who dressed like a night school schoolgirl? Wears rainbow stocking? They just let it. Fly. I was. like, I don't know that they really got the that. I wasn't joking when I said that. You know? Right.
0: You just said, um, "Just characterizes it being voluptuous."
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, <laughs> when like in, in the last interview, when you said um you guys you should interview Halford and I was like I can't even reach the guy I don't even know where to fuck I have tried and you said oh I know a guy right and then three days after I hit I was like hey remember you said that three days later I get an email hey man I guess you want to talk to Halford I'm like yeah I would love to talk to Rob Halford and we actually were setting that up. We were, I was scheduled to shoot the show. Was going to do an interview with Halford, and then Richie almost had a heart attack. You remember that, right? Yes. Uh,
0: yeah. Heart kind of exploded. It's it's crazy. He's still yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah
2: it's it is. So yeah, they they canceled the show. Yeah. Like I just got. I saw it. Like oh shit. Like you <laughs> right. know. So we had to reschedule everything. I still got to shoot them, uh, but they were crushed for time. So I didn't get to. I'll probably interview Halford one of these days, but. Uh, cool. When they were like, "Oh, dude, Halford, he reads your magazine, man. He loves it. He," I was like, "Oh, well, cool. You know, like that's cool to know." But that, so thank you for setting that up. I shot the show. I got a great set of shots. I, I, I loved it. Wrote a great review of it. All of that. It was just the whole thing was just fantastic. So thank you for that, Chris and You're Brian. Welcome.
7: You're like the Kevin Bacon of the gay metal community. <laughs> Am
2: I? <laughs> One degree
6: of
2: and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brian, like, geez, you got me into like you connected me with Chuck and with uh, with Doug. I mean, both of those interviews are fantastic. Um, and then you sent me the Gacy DC t-shirt. And that's yes, where it went. <laughs> that's where it went. Yes. The one
0: <laughs> I know Chris is like, you owe me some motherfucking money. <laughs>
7: <laughs> get, uh, chris is getting on his his uh lap his other laptop right now and checking that line
2: item the budget
6: exactly when, when
2: i sent brian a picture of me in the t-shirt right and i said does this shirt make me look gay brian wrote back not gay enough right Dude, uh, wasn't <laughs> brian starting to enjoy it oh i <laughs> i don't know i don't think i'm brian's type i've seen pictures of Phil so
7: <laughs> yeah well, like straight too so that you know yeah and I, i'm straight
2: so but uh that whole thing was was fantastic and so thank you for that you guys really all of that was just um you know and glenn i guess you were on the commercial right this is my first time actually talking to you but uh so we're now full circle here, and I'm still waiting for, uh, I guess, Tim will get here when I he gets here. I don't
5: know what's happened to them, but uh, we can. I can kind of speak for
2: him in a way. I don't know. Well, we'll um, get to that in a minute then. Okay, and I don't, sure. But uh, for right now, let's see. Actually, I wore that T-shirt. I, I wore that, that Gay CDC T-shirt, to Gay Pride. Okay. Oh, and, cool. Uh, but, up against all the other t-shirts everybody was wearing that one was like the tamest there was you know but i was still (laughs) showing my dacy dc love
0: there we we appreciate it we actually as a band we wore our t-shirts to an acdc concert at dodger stadium so we were in force um at dodger stadium and people were following us and they were saying oh my god where are those shirts and i said we're an actual band no get out then we gave us opportunity to kind of talk about it you know, but um, they said, you have to come to a sh- show to buy a shirt.
7: <laughs> I was a little bit nervous. So what I stayed is, right next to Steve. Of course. The
3: time. Was that? What was that? Right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Chuck Pinozo
6: has worn our shirt on stage. That's right. his Ponozo has worn it on stage. Ever. I mean, he's on stage at the Greek theater. Thousands of people. C D C right on stage. Several
3: times,
2: too. Wait, who is this? Chuck Chuck. Oh. Oh, okay. So I, okay, so I, I, like, when I took my wife to the first stick show that we went to, I've seen him a couple times since. She's like, now, which one's Chuck? I was like, he's the one dressed up like the South Side Chicago Mafia Kingpin, right? They're all up there in their, like, sequin, and and their satin shirts, and there's Chuck, wearing a, you know, a nice press shirt and a tie, and you know, like like, no, that's Chuck right there. He's the Italian-looking one right there, you know. But, uh, so he actually doesn't wear a tie on stage for like, every time I've seen him, he's been in a tie with a nice shirt and a sports coat. So, uh, and you're saying he wears a Gacy DC t-shirt on stage? That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So the encore, yeah, yeah.
7: He came out up on the encore wearing it. Mm. Okay.
2: So, I'd given it to him that day earlier in the afternoon. Okay.
3: <laughs> so
2: that, that is funny to hear that the Chuck actually like because you know he he looks like he's straight out of, you know, a Don Corleone when he shows up in Salt Lake.
7: Oh, she loves to shop. I've been dragged to so many freaking stores with her at the <laughs> at the Beverly, what is it? The
2: Beverly the Center?
5: Mall. Oh, I don't know. The Beverly yeah. Center. Beverly
2: Center, yeah. She has a store that she likes to go to there. Well, so, okay. So my wife is an art professor, okay? And Chuck was an art teacher. And Chuck was telling me once he said, he said, oh man, back in the 80s, I was buying, I was blowing as much on art as I was cocaine. (laughs) I was like, <laughs> yeah uh, and, and then he said i got a lot of nice art i'm like i can bet you do he's like no my house i have a lot of nice art and he's always like yeah so th- that's just chuck he's sending me pictures of art of sticks memorabilia and bass guitars you know like he he he, he knows my weakness uh because he's got some pretty sexy bass guitars
0: oh i'm know. sure he does
2: so uh oh you just said over something i will grab that uh oh boy it's a picture clint is of about to
3: join us he, what, what's
7: that clint is about
2: to join us he okay i will see let's see Let, let's look at this picture of chuck here in a gaze, oh my god oh that t-shirt wow okay does. oh that's great man <clears throat> so there is uh, everybody who's listening i just saw a, uh, they just sent a photo of uh Chuck Pinozo from Styx wearing a Gacy DC t-shirt.
0: While well, uh, on stage.
2: While while on stage with uh, Tommy and... Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay. Well, let's see who else jumps in here. Who Who you say is coming in? Clint or Tim? Clint should right. be joining any moment. Okay. So for right now, uh, let's see. Uh, you guys uh, I have to say you guys you know you've made it when you have an art director right now you got Tim who's your art director Well like, no he's not our Well artist. he's our producer he's, he's a producer He's and he's not really ours
5: I would say that um we're his because we're sort of we've been commissioned if you will by him to do oh. to do this video we we didn't we weren't paid of course um, it, the promise of pay is way down the road. Um, oh, but, I have that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he basically fe- he saw us and he had an idea and he said, "Would you guys be into doing this? I'll produce it and I'll have the video made and you guys just show up." So really, we showed up in the studio. We showed up at the at our own sound check where we were videotaped, um, and so I'd say. You know, it was, it was probably the most hands-off recording and video I've ever done. It like, was two
7: uh, nights in December yeah. in the studio, and then we already had the, the gig booked in Detroit, and he arranged it that we would uh, go in in the afternoon and, and film our performance, um, and they'd get some live shots that night, but yeah. we already had the gig, so really no skin off our teeth, and we we got to go in the studio with a world-renowned producer who's you know, yeah. totally gets what
2: we're about. Yeah, right. Yeah, he. So as I got this, if he shows up, I'll ask, but yes, he roped you into it, but he is an art director and you guys were the art, I guess, that time around. Yeah,
5: I mean, yeah. He's, he's, he, he started in radio uh, back in the early 70s and then uh, switched, or in the 60s, and then switched over to record production. His first album that he produced was the um, Greg Alman's first solo. Yeah, I was going to say,
2: he did the Alman Brothers, yeah.
5: Yeah, so then he, he just kept going, and so, yeah, he's, uh, he had the vision, he had the song in mind, um, he had all of it in his mind
7: we had one and rehearsal he- where he came to this space right here and we kind of went through the song he told us his ideas um and that night we we pretty much had the song down
4: yeah
0: yeah it was really that uh <clears throat> I think we just aligned yeah we just aligned i think on on the uh i think our our uh, we're about aligned with where he was thinking of going not only for the video but for the foundation that uh, it's representing. So I think we just had some alignment resonated with what they're about, what we're doing too. Um, And so it was, it was a good connection and, and it was a, let's just see how this goes. Um, You know, and we just, we went along and um, you know, I think I, I, uh, we were just really kind of, I was sort of blown away by the way the recording came out. When he finally realized his vision of, you know, the songs set on its own, it sounds immersive and then brought in the whole video crew with actors and everything and did the whole video part of that. Um, great combination. And I think a good, um, a good kickoff for this foundation that they're looking to
1: put, put together.
2: Yeah, I, I saw the note on that. By the way, welcome, Clint. Glad you could make it. Hello. Hello, Clint. Thank
1: you. I'm sorry I ate too much ice cream and I fell asleep. It's a terrible excuse. <laughs>
2: is, is ice cream does that to you? I mean, it would be bourbon
1: or, yeah, I, 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 or something yeah, like yeah, that well, for me. You know, it's it's the ice cream these days. Okay. Um, <laughs> it well, was black ice cream, if that helps. Okay, uh, well,
3: welcome, Clint.
2: <laughs> in, in an Iron Maiden t-shirt, we already talked about Kiss. We've talked mm. about Kings X. We've, we've talked about ACDC. We've talked about Sticks because you, you knew those were all in the works too. But uh, so welcome. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. it. Me too. So, me too. <laughs> um, we have to so, talk about Argent, of course.
2: All right. Yes. So uh, that was the thing. Like, I knew the song as a one hit wonder, and you guys did a great resurrection of it. I'm going to be totally honest. It was, I was like, wow, these guys put a A gay C D C spin on this song, right? I mean, like I, I knew the song from it's it's up there with all the other 70s type 80s, you know, uh attempts at good metal pieces, but you guys really did a killer version of it. I that was impressive. Thank you.
5: Thanks again. All in Timothy's mind. He had it all
7: um worked out. Yeah, he knew exactly what he wanted. Told us, you know, he came, like I said, he came to the rehearsal. We ran through it a couple times. He really had this vision and it, it turned out exactly, exactly the way he wanted yeah, it to.
5: He, he orchestrated everything.
1: Well, that was, was very, cool very rapid fire us- for sure. He was like, you play that, you play that, you play that, you play that. You play what you play. <laughs> and it was no, like that fast, it was crazy. Was
0: artistic license with some of us. I mean, he did, you know, the, the, the beginning drum beat was all Brian. We said something kind of tribal, you know, Uh, maybe maybe Tom's and like, you know, so that was the sense of direction and then Brian locked in kind of immediately to this idea and then once we had that and, and, you know we started to build on that part of it and then, you know, there were color parts and things where he gave us room for me to just be able to kind of stretch a little bit and add some atmosphere and then um, you know It was surprising because he said, why don't you just solo over this whole section? And I said, it's a pop song. That doesn't usually happen. And I said, (laughs) uh, so I I get to I get to jack off for like that part of the whole song, you know, in the studio. And I said, "Okay." so once I got through one pass of it, then I was like, "Okay, I think I can do this. Some odd chord changes because it gets a little proggy, Um, kind of in middle to the end of the on the original. And so we took that. And we took that as more of a, a little bit more of a, kind of a rock and roll intensity that I, I think maybe may have injected in it. So, it was it was. A you lot mean, of may have of injected license.
2: in it? You, you guys definitely. It's like this is the Gacy DC take of this song, man. Like if you guys were to take the final countdown by Europe, you could actually make it sound cool.
1: That's <laughs> right. We're going to end up in a guy. Somebody club. needs to. I don't know oh how God. Know, God. I, don't know. When I say that out loud. Jesus, that was supposed to stay in my head exactly uh, yeah.
6: you, you can't polish a turd come on
1: <laughs> you can well, try, also uh, either be,
0: geico insurance be uh, either geico insurance or trojan condoms one of the two ouch
1: we'll oh. just we'll call it shred pop wow i'm
5: gonna i i don't mind that that's good I know that. <laughs> well, so yeah. how, so how was it
1: like maybe that's
2: like I an mean, ice cream
1: I, state of mind well, so I,
2: I, I know that you guys have met and worked with so many different people just in your different projects over the years, but to work with somebody like Timmy Eaton who had been in the game since any of us were like three years old, right? Like he's uh, fetus. a fetus. Yeah. I mean, for you, the younger, I mean, like <laughs> I was like, that guy'd been in it forever. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah. then he shows up saying, Hey guys, I'm curating this. Let's make this happen. Right. How is it for you guys to be sitting there going like, I'm playing for Tim Eaton, man. This is a different part of the game here. Well, to be fair, I
5: didn't know anything about him. Because, oh. you know, you, I, I really didn't. I had to, you know, he was like, oh, well, who is this? And, you know, this is one dark side of L.A. Um, there are a lot of people in the scene who really don't have artists' best interests at heart. And there are,
2: there say are- it isn't
4: so.
5: Oh my golly. So, <laughs> I mean, so it's best in LA to keep a little bit of a reserve. So, you know, don't throw everything in there because you just don't know who you're really talking to. But after a while, he kept saying, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. And he kept living up to them. So we are like, well, you know, uh, it doesn't even matter what your past is. I'm, you're doing everything you say you're going to do. And that means something to, Us, you know, yeah. When we Um, were
0: we were talking with him, uh, you know, he was. There was a moment where we went somewhere socially. He brought some friends to uh, either a show or there were some moments, and he goes, "Oh, well, um, here's some uh, friends of mine. They're part of the Grammy organization, and they introduce us to these people that kind of run the Grammys." And there are a number of these people. Not to say they have the same uh, drive and you know personality. But there's a lot of unsung heroes all throughout the music business that you might never know about, but they actually make all of this crap happen. And he's kind of one of them. And yeah. he's proven himself. We kept arm's length because, you know, it, anybody that's had any history in the music business knows the people that come around and when they say this kind of stuff, your, your hassles go out. Because oh, it's just yeah, like, yeah. OK, he's going to he's going to play around with us. If he's going to when he's done playing in the sandbox, he's just going to cast it aside and move on. He didn't do any of that. He was really, he stood behind his work, you know? And, and so uh, we saw consistency. And, um, and just working with him in the studio, I could tell you he had years of experience working with musicians. He just knew how to do that. Yeah. That was very cool. And,
6: and the passion. I mean, Tim's passion for all this was just top-notch, constantly in contact with all of us, just individually, just keeping the energy going and keeping us hyped up and how excited he was and how he was spreading it, and he just spreads it across social media. So it's, it, he was so in love with the project and in love with us. It was just the most refreshing thing. So, so is, it's, is, um,
3: is
2: he, it's, it's is he a, a KISS fan experience. too, or does he have some taste?
6: <laughs> no, not a KISS fan.
5: And honestly, I don't think he's much of an ACDC fan, to be fair. I think he just likes Alice.
1: us. He does like Alice Cooper, though. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So he gets, a, he gets a pass for that.
1: <laughs> I think I think he actually worked with Alice Cooper. So, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, when we said, yeah, he likes him. He probably worked with him. You yeah, know, yeah, yes, yes. He, so when when we
0: were doing, we were doing this song and he said, well, I took the liberty of calling the person who wrote Hold Your Head Up to get the licensing rights. I just called a friend of mine that like, he's like, so we were able to do this as part of the foundation, as part of this package he was looking to promote. Um, and it was for the right reasons. And he got he got the licensing rights through a phone call. Wow.
3: Yeah, like,
2: yeah I'll, I'll right? just make a quick phone call, make it happen. Like yeah, I'm, like I'm, hey I'm Jeremy, gonna I'll hook you up Give me a minute, I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Right. I right. mean, Maybe. it's kind
1: of like that. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, you but know, it, I mean it, 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 it was pretty is that
6: solid to deliver the goods? like we were saying before. So I mean, people yeah, well, you know to, to trust him and it's just been great.
0: Yeah, we set up this listening party or he did a studio here in the Valley. And we all go because he wanted to run it through some um, true studio monitors, you know, to give us an experience. So he did a listening party and he just we had us come over just to listen to it. And he was really like watching every uh, reaction we had. And the minute it started, it was like this immersive thing. Like it's hard to describe. It's like he 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 added this life and this um, atmosphere to the song. And um, it was like he described, I can say, it was like the vision he had for the song, um, but with an emotional punch to it, it was cool.
7: And like we said, he knew exactly what he wanted out of the song. And I think my my favorite memory of him being in our rehearsal studio that night is we were going through it and we kind of were doing the different parts. And he said, okay, now this is where the immigrant song beat comes in and this chunky guitar, and we're like, what? It sort of reminded me of when, uh, the story of when Freddie Mercury was, they were recording Bohemian Rhapsody in the studio, and Freddie said, okay, darlings, this is where the opera section comes in. And, and
1: they're okay. all like,
2: what? They're like, wait, what? Yeah, not, yeah.
3: So, I wait, don't Clint, doubt
1: that he didn't call, refer to us as darlings either in the studio that night. Uh, that's very possible. It's very possible. <laughs> uh, but you you were saying something else, Clint? What were you saying? Oh, you know, it was just, it's, its uh, I mean, you know, for all of the sort of like uh, uh, distance that that Timothy has sort of like taken us with this and sort of taken this thing, it's very easy to just sort of get lost in being with him too. He's just like such a, like a really, really big hearted, sweet, like well-intentioned person, like just, he's just kind of a fantastic human. And I've only gotten to know him in like, in like the past year. And he was, he was kind of a friend of mine. And I knew him sort of peripherally or whatever, but like over this last year, just getting to know him, it's just very easy to you know hang out with him and do things with him because he he just you know he exudes uh, uh, sort of good humanism. So it's you know I don't know it was easy to it was easy it was easy to get lost in that and not go like oh yeah, Andy worked with Alice Cooper in the And <laughs> yeah, He has the best stories. <laughs> He has the best, best stories. The best, best stories. And um, and kind of the best shoes. So you know, I mean <laughs> in hats, In he, he, does, he does he oh, does the
0: best analogy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. The funniest analogies. That's <laughs> like. Yeah. That. Oh my god. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've never
1: seen like record. like when you can shock the dudes in KCDC with your analogies, you've won the analogy game. <laughs> 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 because we're unshockable. <laughs> and I don't think you I've seen him Popular it about,
6: as a uh, eating contest on
1: a submarine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, did that queen just say that? <laughs>
6: Sharp as a tap. Sharp as a tap. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: I've never seen him wear the same thing twice. Not ever. <laughs> I remember when he,
7: he came to see us at Maui Sugar Mill Saloon. It was the first time he was going to see us live. And he the came dreadlocks. in and my husband was there. And my husband was like, get a load of her. I'm like, that's our
1: producer, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that was the
5: night when he came with the dreadlocks,
1: right? And the, and the, <laughs> the cap. And- oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The dreadlocks were good.
0: Oh, yeah. He came in with dreadlocks that time. That's funny. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Just
3: awesome. Oh, yeah.
2: wow. So. Um, oh, geez. that just. Okay. For- for- <laughs> Wait, what, what were you saying, Steve?
0: No, I was saying where do we go from here?
2: Uh yeah, where do we go from here? Um well first well, of
7: all I I i we're love very happy the video. that we're very happy that the video came out, came out on June first. Their <laughs> their goal was really to get it out for all of June for Pride Month, um, which we didn't know till kind of the last minute and we kind of rushed around and, and got things ready and then we uh they put it out and we started pushing it and promoting it and we've had really great responses from people. Um, we, we did a, a sort of an ad for it on Instagram. We've got close to 6,000 likes for it, which was crazy. Um, so it resonates with people. And I think, you know, especially ramping up to June and talking about Pride, it was very easy to make that connection with people. Um, and, you know, we want people to also know that Pride doesn't end just on, on the end of june it keeps going but i think in light of recent events and what's going on it's more important than ever not just about bullying or anti-bullying and physical violence but how government and and courts can bully you as we're seeing right now yeah. so it's more important than ever for this message to reach everyone that it needs to reach
0: yeah Get out and propagating because it's 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 going to become more and more relevant as we go along, and not just for June.
2: Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, I love the video, um, because like at the end there she was like, I own this shit, right? Like, you know, and and like Steve said, they tried to beat the gay out of me. It didn't work, right? You know,
0: fake. not for me. Oh well.
2: And uh, it, I I love that, but I also now now this is this is the this is, I know it was, it was to be unsettling and it was to be in your face. It was to be funny and, and to be a heart turning experience. Right. But you know, there she was, she was like, I own this shit, but the, the, I love this because I love watching this happen when the guy, the trans guy he's walking past and all the straight homophobes look at it and they go, Ooh, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. And and and, and then they go, oh fuck, what the whoa, yeah, you know, I love seeing that shit, right? I love seeing that unsettling to the homophobe, and that was so well caught in that video clip, man. That was great. And I just, it, it was just something that I like. Okay, man, catch, you know, the respect for that, and all you homophobes, yeah, we know you jerk off watching that shit. So just, you know, um. But I, I. By the way, I know a Lexi Love as a, a, a porn star. That's not the same one, by the way. That was in that video. I was no. like, I know Lexi Love. That's not her. <laughs>
0: Different. Hey, I'm yeah, just, she's from. Hey, a, hey, um, hey, dude, hey, I
2: watched her porn. Okay, okay, so just. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it reminded me of that So okay, there's this guy that I I, I'm, I play airsoft, right? You know, got to keep my skills up. And I, I go out and and there was this guy, I, I, I have no idea what he was going through. Okay. But I'm a captain in an airsoft unit and, you know, tactical commander, right. I, I, I'll lead 60 guys out on the field and we all blow each other up and shoot each other with pellets. You know, that's our thing. Right. And I had no idea what this guy was going through, but I've known him for a while, but only there at airsoft. Right. And then he posts one day, Hey everybody. I'm trans. I'm transitioning, and that's like the venue of, you know, that was the weirdest place where we're all airsoft and we're all going around shooting each other and a lot of testosterone and dudeage, you know. Right. And and I just said, uh, look, I don't care what your gender is. I just need someone to shoot at. Nothing personal, right? And and that was. How I handled it with, now her, right, and yeah. she she still comes out to the games and she's still out to, and we're all just like, hey, there's dizzy, right? We we just we love her. And there was uh, that was a hard pill to swallow for a lot of the of the of the dudes out there, but I'm so proud of her for that. And I thought of her in this video, you yep. know, and I was like, so I, this video made me very proud of her
5: that and was a lot of courage that it took for that person to do that
0: that's a, that's a lot of balls right there i have to that say wow cuz <laughs> yep. not many people would do that you know some of the feedback that we've gotten just as a band was like uh you know we didn't really we don't really have any role models where we are even for like punk musicians or people just want to come out and they went they're just trying to be who they are um on this last tour that we uh we played a show in pittsburgh at the hard rock and um Somebody was going through transition and their mother brought them to the show and she came up and she said, well, I want you to know that there are other people like you and you should be proud of yourself. And she was dressed to the nine. She looked so good. She had like Lederhosen and like all this and shock of red, black hair. And it's just amazing. And um, and of course, um, needed to take a souvenir. So we had to we had to let her have the souvenir, which was the inflatable cock. So that was a nice (laughs)
5: we right. <laughs> had to figure out a way to put it take it home in the uber <laughs>
1: yeah but we were finished we weren't finished you know, we the, had, the other, the we, other had cool we had to sign it we had to
0: sign it and then we had to put blemishes on it of course with a with a felt pen so with the <laughs> marks allowed we had to mark it and then and then just even better she just uh, just loved the whole thing and the fact that she, like you're not alone
3: yeah. And I we, we her told
0: mom, her mom we said we wish we had moms like oh my god we always we 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 wish we had a mom like you yeah, just to
7: represent like that.
0: Her
7: mom was the uh, hero.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, I mean the, 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 both, both both heroes there. You know, it's funny because you mentioned that show, and then and you were talking about role models, and and I remember at, at that very same show there was the there was like a ten year old kid, like a boy, like probably ten or eleven, right? like yeah. in front of me the whole show with his dad, and like. I couldn't tell if they were horrified or whatever. And and sort of halfway through, I was like, no, they're super into this. And like this dad is here with this kid. And the kid is like completely like, you know, uh, 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 blown away by what's going on. And I, I kept like giving him pics and stuff. And I just was like, that's so cool that your dad is here with you, like, you know, because, you know, our show is not really child-friendly. <laughs> no, no. Not <laughs> it's, it's uh, hard rock I mean, it's pretty friendly. amazing that your dad's there, like, you know, sort of hanging out with you while you experience this thing that may or may not be confusing. I have no idea, but it's like, they're both in it together. And that was like, yeah. kind of blew me away.
0: That level of support is amazing because, you know, some of us that we never had, we grew up in a time when that wasn't anything you would even talk about, it, in, even in your family, let alone, you know, yeah. or, or like you said, you get beat down and you have to go yeah. find your family somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so like, I, you know, kudos to that guy's dad, you know, for like, yes. just being oh, there totally, for his kid, yeah, you know, just, like that's yeah. so fucking amazing. Well,
2: like,
1: I I, I I like to think I'm the
2: great guy if I like, I take my daughters to gay pride, right? <laughs> And, yeah. and and my and and my daughters are like dad we're around <coughs> this like my my what okay my oldest daughter she she works for a disney princess company <coughs> enough said okay <laughs> like enough said like you know all the guys there play peter pan or whatever like yeah yeah <coughs> we we got this dad you know but i i wanted like i'm in utah where homophobia is it's the drug of choice you know and i took this is what 10 years ago oh man 10 years ago i took my daughters with a mormon support group to gay pride we marched with 450 mormons in the gay pride parade as a hi we're mormons and we love you people you know and my daughters loved it but that was the whole we we did it we wanted to show our daughters this is who we're supposed to love is everybody everybody and and my one daughter was like, "Look at all the rainbows and people with wings." And I'm like, "Yeah, but don't look at that. No, don't don't look over there. You know." And there was. <laughs> Yeah, there were some that, like you said, Gacy, DC, uh, definitely not a child-friendly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, don't look at that. No,
1: yes, yes, I,
2: she has a mustache. It's okay, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they're there, and, you know, and 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 whatever, but I do acknowledge, you know, maybe 18 and over. <laughs> Is that person walking on their hands? <laughs> right, 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 right. right. I mean, you know, but I mean, like, that's that's so commendable. And I, I you know, I mean, I, I think the parents are heroes. And, you know, in this case, you might be a hero, you know what I mean? I mean, because I think about sort of this whole song and this foundation and and sort of there's so much sort of emphasis on the Club Q specifically shooting. And, you know, you, you saw the interviews with the the shooter's dad. And that's the other side of the coin, right? Like, that's that's the people that are out there sort of like raising their kids to sort of, you know, like spew off the hate and stuff and i guess that's why we exist and i guess that's why this foundation exists to sort of start you know changing the minds of those people if possible like i mean i love the people that are already on board but like well you know the people that aren't on board maybe you know like let's have a conversation with them
2: <laughs> yeah i i totally agree i wish like i i don't i'm in utah like i said homophobia is yeah. such a thing here but I, I love the fact that when now, now this is just me, and I'm going to gloat here for a minute. So thank you for indulging me, everyone. Um, <laughs> when the LDS leadership, when the Mormon Church leadership, they put out this this policy of if you're gay, you can't. You know, if if if, if you're gay, you have to live celibate. You can't get married. You'll be excommunicated. And if you are the child of a gay person, you can't get baptized. And you know, you, you guys remember that, right? In 2015. Mm-hmm. Or 24 you know, when they announced it and the backlash that they got from that they were so shocked the church leadership was so shocked that they got backlash from the rank and file members you know not just the, the fringe people like myself but the actual rank and file everyday members were like no that's not cool man you know that's and, awesome and i had to stand up and yeah. say i am a fucking loophole okay had this policy been in place when i was eight years old i would not have been allowed to to be baptized as a mormon i would never have been yeah. allowed to join the mormon church or go on a, a mission for you people
1: because my dad was gay right okay and how messed but, up is that like it but, was but, the, you know yeah and yeah i, I mean so yeah.
2: <laughs> for that i was like you know i was so angry i was you know I was like I'm going to stay and make as much of a, I'm going to fan the flames here and make as much as stink about this as I can. And then they backed off. They had to. They they took such a beating that people left and they weren't paying their their tithing their uh, church tax that now they, we're you know,
0: getting now we're getting to it. It's the same situation yeah. in L.A. when the Dodgers try to throw an inclusive event excluding the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence who are DIY um, charitable organization for 44 years doing nothing but good and they were excluded from an inclusive event
2: after they'd how, already been invited Depp,
0: yeah, how remember, Depp, yeah yeah yeah.
2: That's,
0: yeah and within a week the the amount of support elsewhere for alternatives the pulling of dollars and support from city council people and organizations that pulled the gay dollars were a little more i don't know valuable than the Christian dollars or the the dollars of the opposition saying we don't Thank you want
5: to go Rubio.
0: Yeah. So what happened was uh within a week they said wow we retract our statement all are welcome and we're gonna go through sensitivity training. And a part of that was they had to offer up a Christians only day. So they're gonna think doing it a, a, a like a Christian Christian faith day at the and you know what go for it
1: great i have no i have no problem with people like sort of being celebrated in in every every possible way but like you know you don't get to say fuck you to me and then you know do your thing like you know and i'm not gonna say fuck you to you for your thing i don't want to be part of it it's not my thing but i'm never gonna like begrudge you you doing your thing and that i think that's what this is all about right like like it's not about it's not about sort of like you know you don't like me for being gay or you don't like this person for being trans or whatever. It's about, you want to stop them from being it. You want them to stop them from existing. It's not the same thing. It's a cool, it's totally fine. If you don't like them, but it's not okay for you to try and stop them from existing or to make them feel like shit about themselves. Like that's, that's where the line is in the sand, at least for me, you know what I mean? Like you get to think whatever you want. Like I can't stop you from that. My my
0: being alive is not an attack on your faith. You're using your faith to
1: my existence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And
2: and you see, like I I went to Harvard Divinity School, and you know I studied, you know I mean my 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 big thing was Judeo Christian literature. That's what I studied there, and uh, you know the 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 whole of the New Testament, the entire message of Jesus can be summed up in two things. Number one, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Number two, thou shalt not be a dick.
1: <laughs> thou shalt not be a dick. I'm I'm, I'm making shirts.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, I. That has been my thing. Like I, I, I teach uh, university classes for. I teach computer forensics for at at universities. And the 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 woman running the program, she actually was also a divinity school student. And she she works at a Bible college. I won't tell you her name, but she works at a Bible college. And I was like, "So are you an atheist yet?" She's like, "I'm almost right." And I said, "Well, hold on to this one teaching of Jesus. What's that? Thou shalt not be a dick." She's like, um, "I'm telling the director of the program that he's going to love that, right?" So there are, you know, there is this dissent among Christianity. I promise, you know. but so, <laughs> well, because deep down and
0: somewhere, when it's not misconstrued in certain areas, their are basic premises of not to be a dick. I mean, they're they're good. That's a good tenet. But when it's kind of turned to be a judgment on other people and when it becomes like I'm trying to sway you, either get rid of you or sway your opinion or make it very difficult for you to be in this town, alive, whatever it is, then that's the problem. It's all, and I think, unfortunately, there'll be a uh, there'll always be a percentage of that.
2: But, yeah, and that's that's where I wonder how the hell does Ron DeSantis maintain Florida? Because I've been to Fort Lauderdale. OK, once but I've been there and I'm like, <laughs> does he know about this place? Does he even know Fort Lauderdale exists? Because man, you know, this, this is like, you know, it's like we home, you know, it's, it's fair. I'm like, well, of
0: course. And then there's Wilton Manors. There's all the surrounding areas there. Um, I just think, I think, he, you know, when you say don't poke the bear, I think in this case you say, don't poke the mouse. Yeah. Oh my God. I, you know, he's a phone call away of a bizarre accident. I, it's just, oh, I, oh, yeah. No,
2: yeah. DeSantis, yeah, no, well, thing
0: wired, yeah. but through the, he's already made, I think he's already made some kind of tactical errors through the process. And I think it's, it's going to come back to bite him because I think the mouse can afford a lot more justice through their counsel than he can. So we'll just see where this goes.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Cause no, but I'm sure there's plenty of bears there that'll take him out too. You know, plenty of bears that'll give him a hard time.
1: I, I know a personal, uh, you know, group of bears there. Oh come on, that was a good joke,
2: guys! Can I get a <laughs> laugh out of
1: that. A little Personally bit of just a, a
0: ripple, yeah. Get them drunk and have uh, fun time.
2: So I, I all, all right, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up. Uh, okay, this was really funny. So I, I appreciate this. I, I, I love all of you guys. I don't know Glenn and Clint very well yet, but I think obviously, I think we'd all get along. No problem there. But um, okay, I, I got hit up by a publicist once to cover a band, a gay artist that was really bad. And he was no. really, really bad. <laughs> and and the, the video was so bad that I was actually offended as a straight guy who, who cares for the queer community. I was offended. And, and I sent it over to Brian and I said, hey Brian, um, am i missing something now, don't say the name brian you know which one i'm talking about mm. and i said am i missing something because this is really offensive here but did i like miss the point of this guy's video and and brian wrote back he said if if you showcase this artist we would strip you of your honorary gay card and run you out of town with pitchforks and, <laughs> and so i was like okay cool We we are on the same page this is really bad you know but um Brian has, has made it a point to me to understand that being a honorary member of the queer community is exactly that. It is an honor. And I should, I should respect this as an honor being uh, an honorary gay, right? So I, I, I do hold that in high esteem that I was given honorary gay status to be among you guys. Okay. You, you, you Brian is always Brian is always (laughs) like, Hey, you got to live up to this. We have expectations of you.
0: You Well, there's accounting for taste. There's just taste.
2: So Kiss but has nothing that to do with it. But...
5: Oh,
0: you're not gonna <laughs> you're not on. gonna get this crowd. Um this crowd that you have on the on the phone right here on Zoom. Yeah, you know, we keep each other in check. So
5: there's, a, there's yeah. enough judgmentalism in the community.
1: <laughs> oh my god. I'm just going through my head of like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. No, 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 You
0: you've probably I was never think, heard of him. I was thinking it was like Rocket oh, to or uh get down goblin.
2: No, no no, it's no one you've heard of. Uh, but I, I actually well, threw it past Brian because they they were also from Boston. And Oh, and Brian, now
6: now I have to know.
2: And Brian was yeah. like, "Yeah, no, that was awful. No, we we would uh, you would lose your game membership if if you showcase these guys because it was offensive. It was also just really bad.
7: Yeah, it was shameful and the fact that they're from Boston was doubly shameful." Oh, we
2: so I, uh, I was like, ouch, that was like, but it was like bad music, but I was even more offended by the content of, of the music.
0: Yeah. That and can happen. That can
4: happen I'm anywhere.
2: By bad music. No, no, no. This was like about being gay and it was just awful. I was like, Ooh, wow. Oh shit. That's like, you know, and, and Brian assured me, no, we're, we're, you're, you're, you're fine for being offended from that. That's, that's perfectly okay. You know, um, uh let's see no for real right you that's exactly what you said brian you were like no we we would run you out of town for that shit so um uh okay let's let's just talk about the the shameless doug pinnick experience there when he showed up on stage and played with you guys okay there was more queer rock energy in that video clip that i watched i was like damn i wished i was there when when you guys played let there be cock with oh, Doug, yeah. right? That was so cool. That was so awesome, right? But how was it for you guys? Like, just as a band, who are also Kings X fans, obviously, but you're playing with Doug. I mean, he's a deity in prog metal, and he's just up there going, hey, man, like you said to me, yeah, I'm just up there having a good time, right? But talk about that night, you guys, because that would, that just looks so fun.
0: Well, let's start with the rehearsal beforehand. The fact that he was coming to our rehearsal and running through the song, and he shows up and he's playing the tune, and he goes, um, Can we run through that again?
1: <laughs> because it's like, weird. Yeah, we can.
0: You know? <laughs> and he wanted to run it a couple of times. And then he did the song, song with us there it was amazing.
2: Yeah. D- did you charge him for the gay CDC t shirt that he was wearing, or was that a gift too?
1: No, we all pitched in. <laughs> you all pitched in. Doug let- D- D- gets what he wants. Jeremy, you gotta gotta stop
7: with the t-shirt you're getting me in trouble here
2: (laughs) i love that t-shirt i wear it all the time man um so that reminded me of uh okay and i think i brought this up last time there was that frank zappa bootleg the texas hotel that he did where where he played three beatles songs and all he did was basically retell the story of jimmy baker into strawberry fields Norwegian wood and Lucy and this guy with diamonds right and this was Zappa it was very Zappa-esque obviously but every opportunity in that bootleg for them to throw a a one-liner bad joke in they did okay and so I was why just when I was watching that and and how you guys were bantering back and forth and Chris up there reading the bible now but I mean, where did those lines come from? They, I mean, were they on the fly or were they the kind of things you'd think of ahead of time when you write this up? Like, oh, this is going to be fun. Let's throw this in there. How did you put that piece together? Because it was clearly it was never scripted. It's never scripted. That was so off the cuff of what of how ACDC would have done it, obviously. But I was like, wow, that's pretty gay C D C in that. So never scripted. So. Really, that much on the fly. that was okay.
5: a lot of it is. I mean, sometimes if I say something and it works, I'll repeat it, you know, I'll start to use it. but um, but, yeah, you know, it's like co- a good comedy is always best when it's off you know right off the top, you know mm-hmm.
1: has the most energy when it's when it's brand new and fresh, and it's like you know being born in that moment
3: <laughs>
1: exactly. So,
2: so when you're doing a Gacy DC concert, um, and it's obviously fun and in bad taste and always off the cuff, but can you guys maintain, or or do you guys like, like this is so funny I have to hit the pause button and finish laughing? Because sometimes, has, sometimes oh, I've gotten to the our, point our where somebody's done something in, a
6: freaking comedy show.
2: Your rehearsals are a comedy show. They can. I mean, be. you know, we'll
6: we'll rehearse the set of like you know. 50 minutes worth of music but it takes us two and a half hours just because we're cracking each other up the whole time or just making you know goofy faces to each other or it's just it's it's a riot it's a total riot and every show is just you know it's got the the the, the spontaneity behind it too or something goes different or something goes wrong or someone falls on their ass and we just laugh laugh it off and get right back up
0: yeah and the thing so the, un, the um, unhinged element is an important part of what we do live. We wanted to make it somewhat unpredictable. And we have to be able to go out on a limb and do some of this shit. I'll give, I'll give a, i look over to Clint or he gets a look over to me and we'll go walking up on the bar or he'll go in the men's bathroom and play guitar, you know, whatever. <laughs> there's a guy, there's a guy sitting in a chair with his legs open. So I give him a lap dance while doing a guitar solo. I mean, this stuff is like, this is what happens when you invite us in the door. If it's there, we're going to jump on. It. So yeah.
3: yeah. Kind of like yeah. that. We're, we're, I, uh, we're, think,
1: we're constantly uh, sort of scouting the environment for, for yeah. ways to sort of, you know, uh, keep things fresh and do something different, and like sort of be unpredictable, and 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 kind of make the keep things interesting for us, but also the audience. You know what I mean? And, like and also constantly, constantly dangerous, slightly dangerous yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I hate to yeah. uh, like, <laughs> like not. It won't cause death, but it might cause vomiting and a little poop.
3: I hate to. You want to wear a, right, a but poncho? Actually, it's like heavy metal
6: Gallagher, really. We're just gonna <laughs> spray all over the first five rows.
3: Yeah, I have and to, they, I have to actually.
6: Tour in April, oh man, it's, we're not getting invited back to some places. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, we're mind. definitely not getting I, me. I mean, I was going to say the Hard
0: Rock Cafe didn't like to have us, you know, they didn't want to have their lube on the side on their hamburger.
6: Okay. We are invited back to all these places we played. However, there are now new rules. Not only for us, but for any band that comes back because of us.
2: Oh, so you, you guys are the trendsetters there? Okay.
1: Yeah, we just inspirational. Sure. I like the word no. inspirational.
2: <laughs> All right, oh, yeah. Steve. Th- thank you. Steve has to take off. Everybody. Yeah, later, sorry, Dave. I got to
1: go.
3: Okay,
2: Bye, guys,
0: But I'm so, sure you'll talk badly about me the minute I hang up. So no worries there.
2: We're looking forward not to it. Not
0: bitch. I, <laughs> but
2: I, I I would no. Imagine
0: not I Get the c word. I need the c word with an umlaut over the u.
2: <laughs> over the hey, you. over you <laughs> we'll, we'll just count count <laughs> we'll just wait till she's gone
3: <laughs> yeah wait till
2: I, I'm I, I would imagine that a gacy dc show though for you guys when something goes wrong that's almost a really great opportunity to have fun right is that uh is that correct in the um, it depends on what it is you know if you break something define wrong right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
6: <laughs> wrong is not good but we adapt quickly whether it's a gear issue a fan interaction issue whether it's just proximity issue wrong but it's but we have backup plans i mean we're doing this for for 10 years and over 100 shows so we've got the extra gear we know how to swap a broken guitar string out for a fresh guitar or pedal issue or shit like that. But if Rogue you know
1: smells you know, like, yeah, you <laughs> know, uh,
6: Mike, Dan goes into the audience and doesn't get seen for a couple more minutes or drunk fan gets on stage and they think they know the words, but they don't know the words.
3: Uh, they don't know words actually.
2: If, if they like don't that. know your words for the song.
3: Oh yeah.
2: So I, uh, Okay, so watching those videos, right, it's like, so Chris, by the way, is that a, did you steal that robe from the choir, or was it just a graduation gown?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a store uh, on uh, uh, Hollywood in in, uh, Silver Lake area um, called Aussie Dots, and they had a dollar rack outside, and they had five choir robes, and I bought them all for five dollars. Okay. So <laughs> I, 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 I know
2: that most of your outfits you sack the dollar store anyway for the feather bows and the hat all that, right? That's all just in the dollar store. But I'm like, you don't get that at the dollar, but you only paid a dollar for it, so close enough, right? Yeah. I that. did,
5: I did. Uh you know, I love going to thrift stores. It's a lot of fun. And you know, if you can find something like that, oh hell yes.
2: So because I, I'm watching that and that's like, I don't know, people will pay thousands of dollars to go through therapy for you know, religious trauma and the deprogramming of, you know, uh, I get that watching you, you know, that <laughs> I get, you know, like the, 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 anger from church. Oh yeah. I get, I, I can, I can vent that watching a gay CDC show. I can, I can get past, uh, you know, anger management from this stuff. This is great. You know, it's like a gay CDC is is therapeutic even for a dumb straight white guy, you know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you felt that way. I I
5: think, uh, you know, for me, um, you know, I, there's nothing like being thrown out of your church or kicked out of your church for being who you are.
2: Oh, see, they haven't figured that they, 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 they haven't kicked me out yet for like they've kicked other people out for for publicly saying how much they support the queer community, they've kicked right. people out for that. I haven't been kicked out yet. So I'm obviously not that famous. I'm not that but famous. I, I was. Okay, well, kudos. I was you know, kicked out of way. my church. So Yeah, they,
5: they found out. I was teaching Sunday school, even. And then they found out that I was being bullied at school for being gay. And therefore, well, you must be then. So I was no longer welcome at my church. So there's nothing like that feeling of now you know i thought i was going to be a minister you know i really did i thought that was going to be my calling uh and now you know it's like okay well i'm going to find a way to you know uh, since 97 i found a way to rip up a bible at just about every live show i've ever played since middle of 97
2: <laughs> see now i i saw marilyn manson do that once i thought well, that's where I'm, i got it yeah but that's i thought well, what a douchebag though like you know we, it's, it, maybe it's just because i you know whatever but
5: well, but oh. he he wasn't known for being a douchebag at that point. At least I didn't lo- know him for that. But I saw that Antichrist superstar tour, and he had the big pulpit, and yeah. he was throwing the Bibles out and stuff, and ripping them up. And I'm like, I'm gonna take that little bit. So uh, oh, awesome.
2: now we know where you stole that from.
5: Okay. Yes, I did. I stole
6: it blatantly. The,
2: but he stole the it number from one
6: paper. item people ask us to autograph after a show is the remnants of Chris's Bible. Oh, that is
2: awesome!
6: Yeah, number two is the big inflatable cock. Right. So number right, one right. is the the remnants of the Bible.
2: Well, so wait, Chris. So, what were you? What What was your uh, faith tradition as you were raised? I mean, you guys knew I was Mormon, but what about you? What were you guys? Uh,
5: I was Presbyterian. Okay. Uh, what was interesting is my my mother had um, her grandfather's uh, was a minister. Um, Presbyterian minister, and then my dad was a Irish Catholic, so there was a lot of tension in my family, religious tension.
2: Oh, talk about Um, Irish Catholic, talk to Brian about that. Yeah, being from
7: Boston,
2: (laughs) I'm not, I'm Methodist, no, but (laughs) Irish Catholic in Boston, though. You know, that's the uh, yeah, yeah, very familiar, yeah. Yeah. So, how about you, Clinton uh, Glenn? What was your, uh, or, or were you guys raised pagans or what?
6: I I was an altar boy. Uh-huh. you know I had to go to Cataclysm every Tuesday after school for years until my confirmation. But I was uh, I was an altar boy for probably five
3: years.
1: Uh, I dated a priest. That's about the extent of my uh my religion. Oh we've Uh, all done that. Oh my god. We've all done that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I dated a priest. Actually it was my first boyfriend. Uh yeah, yeah. No, I uh was raised very sort of like uh agnostic, uh, you know, almost atheist. Oh Uh, dude, so you got out of it easy. I was I was raised
2: hardcore Mormon, man.
1: I was Yes and no. My my parents were like borderline in a cult. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, I don't know. I don't know if I got up easy, but I I did miss out on the the tradition stuff.
2: <laughs> okay, so all right, um, this go back to Boston, um, when the, you just reminded me of this in some of your older videos, Chris. Uh, so in Boston there was a a punk act. There were three piece punk band. The drummer was from Vietnam. They're MIT guys. And uh, they 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 were a three piece punk act, and and they they all dressed up as nuns, and they called themselves the Viet Nuns. And uh, <laughs> I I I saw them open for a Frank Zappa tribute show, and they they just did a couple of, but they all came out. They were like, I mean, the Boston punk scene had no shame, no, and nor should they, you know. But it was that was just you kind of reminded me of that, and I was watching some of these videos of you guys. I'm like. Now, Gacy, DC and the Vietnuns would be like the ultimate show. I, I think that would be probably the most sacrilegious fun concert of all time. I, I think <laughs> that you know, but but like I mean, because you were up there with the rosary and shit, man. That was great. That was really awesome stuff, man. But <laughs> thank you. Uh, I, I think the Vietnams broke up, but uh they they were just you know MIT guys just playing as as the local house, but you know, like here open for somebody. But you know Um, religion is
7: just one thing we skewer in our show only one just one thing that's the only it's it's one of many things that are uh at the butt end of
1: i feel like with your Um, skewering and your butt ending you're going down a road here
7: (laughs) i I know because well that's a show isn't it
2: (laughs) do do you put taste up there do you put taste on the skewers too while you're at it or so,
5: you know the one thing we don't put on the skewer is ACDC's music,
2: right. right well, actually, yeah, so let me let me get to that. Chris, when you're playing and, you, and when you're singing, okay, I know you're you're still trying to sound because you can do it better than most. You could sound like that that perfect between Brian and Bond kind of thing, but you're still putting the gay CDC flamboyance in there, right? in that, uh, how, how how do you do that dance? I, I do, I am curious about that.
5: Well, part of it is hiding the dirty secret. I haven't got the voice to get way up there, I don't. So what I'm doing is I'm adding a lot more characterisms when I'm singing where I should be singing a really piercing note. You know, I, can't, I just can't do Brian Johnson, you know, that's just not my, I don't have those pipes but so I sing down a fifth and so I sing the melody line but I sing it as the harmony to the melody line so it moves the same way and it sounds like I'm singing the right thing and then I growl it up a little bit and you know give a lot of attitude and that's sort of that's what's become my my performance of the uh the the lead singing because it you know there's I just I can't compete.
2: <laughs> oh very few honest. can very few can but it it's great listening to it but I'm like okay is is he keeping the gay C D C flair on that or is he uh, but you just you said you, you're like no I just can't hit the notes like Brian does. So right. I, I guess that is the gay C D C flair. But
5: I but I did have to come up with a character because you won't hear me singing like this with, with Pansy Division. That's no. not how I sing. No. So it's, it, I do have uh, a character that I've, I have in my mind that, in fact, that was the character I had in mind when I saw the, the band Gay DC in my mind when we started it. Like when we were sitting around going, you know, and when Carl said Gay DC, I was like, oh, and that's what the singer looks like. That's what the, you know, that's what the, you know, all that came to my mind. So, but I was the bass player at that point. So when we couldn't come up with a singer I thought well I do know what that person was in my mind can I do that and I tried to do it and they were like yeah you're doing it <laughs> so, so that was a a it and I got
3: again good- and then, and, then got, and, then got got, and then we
5: got, and then we got, and then finally got Glenn in the band. I was like, Brian, Glenn,
6: we can't be in a band together because we're both bass players. So this is the perfect. Dude, I've ever. known Chris since 1997, and then we've both been in LA now for decades. But we, when you're, when you're the, you're both gay bass players, you can't be in the same band. And now we're in a couple bands. So it worked out very well. <laughs> that's,
2: oh, that's great, man. <laughs> um. So are you guys gonna weave into your sets? The uh, Like you're doing the Argent cover, right? You know, the the hold your head up, which was awesome. Are you going to weave other type music into your sets or is it going to be strictly ACDC still?
5: I don't think in our live set. Um, we have thought about, are we going to do this song at some point? Um, and we have thought, well, we might be asked to at some point, so we'll see. But I think gay CDC, like I like I said earlier, I think we were commissioned. So we're still going to be gay CDC and do what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's play ACDC music. Somebody else said, Well, you know you are more than that, and let's showcase that, that you can do more than just this. Um, and so that's what I think Timothy had in mind. But I don't think we're going to take these songs and and fold them into our normal routine. I don't think that's part yeah, of the deal. Our, I think it's I think it's compartmentalized. We're That's an association with with somebody else who had a, okay. the vision of what we could do with that
7: our mission okay. when when we started the band was to take the most heteronormative band on the planet with the most heteronormative lyrics. And completely spin it on its head and come out the other side with us. And we can only really do that with the, the ACDC songs because that's our mission. Because there's still we, we're every show we get someone new coming to see us that's ex- expecting to see, you know, some kind of sideshow with their, their their beloved band, their beloved ACDC, because they're the biggest fan. And they just want to hate us. But once they see how we do the music, pretty soon they're kind of shaking their heads and clapping, and then the, they start hearing the lyrics, and it's not so bad. They see that we love this band, but our mission is to completely take this heteronormative and turn it on its head, which I think we do quite well and have done quite well for 10 years.
3: <laughs> pat yourself on the back. But
6: it's- but we, it's, I mean, but like Chris was saying before, though, I mean, it's, a. the music is 100% dead on um, serious, because, I mean, these songs are iconic, you can't mess with them, and, you know, we absolutely do not want to water them down at all, or make any kind of parody out of it, so, I mean, it never feels like we're making, you know, fun of ACDC music at all, and, you know, musicianship, you know, especially when you see what, Steve adds on top of it solo wise, you know, people's jaws are just on the floor, you know, watching them play these songs and everyone knows these songs, you know, inside and out. So, I mean, you know, the iconic riffs, iconic melodies, iconic solos you can't mess with. But then when he adds that extra flavor on top of it and shows that, you know, we're not, you know, just, you know, here for you know a kind of cheap gimmick that we're, you know, serious musicians for this, people get right into it.
2: Well, there's that, and and I, I've said this a thousand times. The the LGBTQ community they need more punk and metal in their diet, you know. And that's you you guys supply that, you know, with you know Doberman Pansy Division, Gay C D C, right? That's that's you know very clear. Like, hey guys, you know this is what you know. Uh, I mean, I again, we love Halfords, I love Metal Church, you know, but we need it, more needs to happen in the in the metal world for the queer community so like you
5: mentioned metal church
2: yeah they don't he doesn't often get
7: mentioned in the no. the metal community discussions the gay metal community
5: you know i went to high school with kurt yeah I, dude i
2: like I, one of my like okay I, I love metal church like one of my, one of my other dream gigs would be metal church and testament okay like um i i i, I know i'm probably going to make a lot of people angry on this call but um I I think that Testament are the band that Metallica always wanted to sound like. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And I would Um. tell that, I would tell that to James Hetfield and Lars straight to their face, but I, I love metal church. Uh, Even before I knew Kurt was gay, I was like, Oh, Kurt's gay. Far out. Like, so what? Right. You know, like I love those guys and uh, people like, I can't believe you don't like Metallica, but um. Hey, okay this is this is funny right so all right like i i've i have now set a rule in my house with my daughters if you're gonna wear a band's t-shirt you need to know at least three of their songs but they they're always stealing shirts from my closet right like and uh my we were in the car once i just gotten the 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 25 the year re-release of who made who in the gatefold right you know special cd right you know and we're driving, my, and I put that in, and my wife and I were listening to it, and we're listening to, it, homemade, Oh, you know. And then we got to, she shook me all night long, and we're like, we're like, my wife and I are both just singing it, loving it. And my daughter had seen the ACDC logo a lot. She had seen a certain t-shirt about a gay ACDC cover band that I have been wearing. And she got it at a thrift store, and so she was wearing that shirt that day. My daughter was like, I don't like this. Who is it? I don't like this.
1: <laughs> you're but soaking I, in it
2: this oh, just like, you're this. You know, like that was the moment right like wait you know, a minute
1: though what exactly. acdc shirt was she wearing it was just era acdc shirt it was just it was
2: just the regular logo there was no <laughs> because
1: there could oh, be a loophole here oh, oh i have already <laughs> learned
2: I've, I've already had this discussion we do not have the bond scott brian discussion Okay. It's
1: uh, it's probably very, very, very taboo, especially with this group of people. <laughs> well, it's it's just you know what? Well,
2: who do you love more, Bonner? Yes, I'm I not there. at
1: liberty to say. I, with I, I, my I mouth, like, but I'll do it with my eyes. No,
3: <laughs>
2: but like, but like there's always. The, but then there was the 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 Sammy or David. Like I, I refuse to answer that question. You know? Oh, yeah, right. come on, that's that's too, to that's that's too
3: easy.
4: easy.
2: I'll answer that all day long. <laughs> well, my my niece was wearing a Van Halen T-shirt, and I was like, "Okay, Abby, you know the rule here." She's like, well, "I was song? like, do you know any Van Halen songs?" She's like no and I'm like okay let me pull them up on my phone and let you listen to them so now you can say you know a Van Halen song and I gave her I gave her some from both eras okay I gave her some 5150 I gave her some from 1984 I'm like let's you know let let her hear it you know so because I'm trying to at least educate my kids to poison them at the same time but I got to educate these kids too you know
1: it toughens um, up the system <laughs>
2: well, I, I was actually just thinking, you're wearing this Iron Maiden shirt. I'm like, oh, how would Steve do some Iron Maiden? And that would be... I, that's Well, just a, he'd
1: do it well. It requires yes. two guitar players to be able to play like that. Like, he's out of luck with me. So, that's it. It's hard.
2: <laughs> you, you know what? Frank said the same thing. Frank said, I'm playing the exact same instrument, the same notes, and I'm just beating on wood while Steve's like, you know, like, yeah, Steve is a god on the guitar and everybody knows that. I have
5: to, I have to say, I mean, I've been playing in a lot of bands over the years and I played with a lot of bands over the years. The first show I ever played live was Metal Fest in 1981 with Queensryche. Before they were Queensryche, they were called The Mob. So they were playing Judas Priest and Black Sabbath covers. And then the headliner was TKO with Adam Brenner. Um, So that was one of the first the the first show I played in front of an audience. So I mean I've seen a lot of guitar players but Steve just it's uncanny. You know what he can do. It's just he'll just be like doing exercises that bugs the shit out of us because we're like shut up. We need to play already. And he'll just be but he'll be utilizing his fingers and like Fuck! Can I just record that and put that out? You know, that's
7: that's just insane. The solo you hear and hold your head up. We were sitting in the studio when he was doing that, and we just couldn't believe what we were hearing. Yeah, that was yeah, and,
2: and and you've been playing with him for how long? And you're like, God, what else can this guy do, right? Just... I'm
7: I'm
5: constantly amazed at what he can do. I, I, he, I by I, far I, the best guitar
2: player I've ever played with for sure. Like I I put him up there with Bob Mould because like every time I hear a new Bob Mould song, I'm like the hell's he doing has he got three hands on that you know <laughs> like bob is like I, i'll be listening I'm like what is he doing i would like to see bob doing you know like not not just when he's doing chords but when bob's doing just what bob does i'm like oh, guys right. you know um but you know, Bob, right? a lot of
5: alcohol back in those Husker Do days. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of alcohol involved. I know. <laughs> I get the one they played in Seattle one time, and I had to find a place for them to stay. And they were at this one house, and they were trashed, just trashed.
2: I'm so jealous. <laughs> I've seen Bob several times. But I've never gotten to see Husker Do. So, did they you guys great. ever get to play with Well Hung Heart? I know you did that. You recorded that. It's a long way to the top. Did you get to play live with them?
7: No, they haven't. They've been sort of not really doing anything um, for a couple years now. Uh, the main duo, Greta and Robin, have another band called Bo Gree and the Apocalypse, and they... Tour Europe all the time. They do these blues jazz festivals. Okay. Um, they just got back on Monday from another round of of festivals in Europe, and they've been doing that for a couple of years now because they've gotten some good momentum. But okay. they are just about to put Well Hung Heart back together and start doing some dates. And Greta and I have
2: actually been exchanging messages about possible shows. Because I would love hey. like, but you you're right, you got me into them remember Brian you, you I I loved it and I was like dude she's gorgeous you're like dude she's taken I was, oh okay but i mean they're they're fantastic i would love to see like you know in the one day when you guys take us take the stage with them take a tour i'd love it of course if you guys ever play salt lake and you you do play uh it's a long way to the top i will play your bagpipes okay
4: well, i'll
1: get it we'll, set- wait 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 deal.
2: yes that is a deal yes, yes.
4: Yeah, you have yeah. you have
2: bagpipes? Oh, I don't have them. I just can play them. I mean very badly, but I can play them. Yeah. Do you know how to yeah. mic them? <laughs> I do really you know. That's most
4: Im- you
5: do?
2: Yes. But if you're playing the depot, I don't need them. I, I depot, I would just go and rent this set, practice up for a day, and then I'd be good.
5: I think the depot, that's where we were supposed to that's play. That's where you were right? supposed to play.
2: You yeah. know how many bands I've seen on that stage with that 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 play with bagpipes? They never had to mic them. <laughs> so, All right, well, we're gonna remember that. Yeah, because we oh, did. Actually, yeah.
5: we, we played a show at a, a club here in in LA, and we actually brought in a bagpipe player to help us do the intro. And it was it, he 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 could not be heard over the band because we couldn't find a way to mic it. You know, you got to have the mics way up here at the ends of yep, the. Yep. So we just at couldn't the do them. They're called better. drones,
2: man. <laughs> Dude, I, I i wear kilts i have seven eight kilts man i'm always wearing kilts i'd be like you know wow. so but uh it's so, okay when you guys play i'm just gonna i'm just offering to bootleg this show i will tap the soundboard with my i have the gear for it i'll plug in i'll get at least three four feeds and then i'll set up a bunch of cameras because you guys deserve to get a good bootleg done of one of your i shows, would love
3: man. that yes i would love so, that yeah um
2: i i i offered the let's see who uh yeah right here uh last time with uh, the depeche mode cover band came through town and I, I i plugged into their board with this i got straight off of the board and then an audience feed with it and it was outstanding i'm like you guys can make a bootleg out of this it's all yours right and it came out so good and yeah. so I, I could, I I would make the, I I'd give you guys a free bootleg of your show. I would just, just well, plug what, it in. What it. is
5: that by the way? What, what kind of a thing gizmo this, is that?
2: This is the Tascam D70.
5: Tascam D70. All right. I'm going to put that in here.
2: So it's, you mm. can plug in four XLRs and you can mount it onto a camera to do video, feed it into your camera. But it also has two mics for an audience feed. So you can get six streams into it and record each nice. stream individually. Wow, they're uh, like
5: three hundred bucks.
2: Uh yeah, it's about what I paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I, I so I got it for a film project that I was gonna be working on. And I just I, I went into this depeche mode cover band. They're called Strange Love. I'm friends with them. They came through Salt Lake. I I tapped the board and recorded, and the bootleg sounded like a real Depeche Mode show. Wow. Like if you listened to it you would not have known, like that's how good they are. They sound like Depeche Mode. You would yeah. not have known that it wasn't Depeche Mode, but it was <laughs> so clear and so clean. I'm like, yeah, you know, like that was just my first real run with this piece of of gear here and it was amazing. So I'm like, I'll I'll bootleg like your show with this, man. It'll be nice. awesome. Just oh, well, <laughs> just tap the board and and do that. So, um uh so yeah, uh how was Pride for you guys? There are a couple of good video pieces out there of you guys doing live there. Pride, yeah. Didn't didn't you pl- you played a pride? Uh didn't you play a pride show in but Santa Monica or somewhere like that? I was just watching some videos yeah. where you guys did a pride show. I was like, Wow, look at that! Loud, obnoxious, rude. It's Not great. this year. Okay, Not this it, year. uh let's see. It was uh, the last Pride show we
3: played,
2: <laughs> it was. Hold on, let me find it here. There you guys are. Come on. I just I remember watching it, going, "Well, shit, that looked like a lot of fun." And there, again, there was, uh, there was Steve out there in the front, you know, just just doing his thing, and it's like, man, it looked loud and rude and obnoxious. And just,
5: oh, was it outdoors?
2: Yeah, it was outdoors.
5: Oh, well, then it was uh, L.A. Leather Fest.
2: L.A. Leather Fest. Oh, right. oh, it was Off Sunset uh, Festival. Off
1: Sunset, yeah.
2: Yes, that's what it was. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's, that's what went, okay.
1: went, to, went skywalking. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, yeah. Letter Kenny joke there. Allegedly. Okay. Um, Allegedly. So, all right. Well, let's see. All right, Chris, good luck with the Pansy Division shows you got coming up. Thank you, um, guys. This has been an honor and awesome. Uh, okay. I, I've asked everybody else in the band this. Now it's your turn. Clinton Glenn, I ask every queer artist this. What would your message be to the young queer kid who's in the closet, who's afraid and in that vulnerable state? What would you tell that kid? I've already gotten it out of the other guys. your turn, yeah.. I'd-
6: You know, it's it's like the campaign was from a couple of years ago where, you know, it gets better. You know, unfortunately, sometimes you have to, you know, kind of wait it out if you're not in a safe spot or you don't have the support group to do it. You know, going through high school, I never thought I was going to be able to come out. And then I just had to get out of that environment. My freshman year of college, I found the right group of people totally supportive and then came out my freshman year and then you know music being so important in my life you know I didn't have any kind of gay rock role models to look up to and then I'm in the indie section of the college record store and then I find Pansy Division so Pansy Division became my my role models for being openly gay proud of it you know uh, and not not taking a step back into the closet and it just it was there. So it's, you know, it you 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 know it's you're gonna find your support group, you're gonna find your home, you're gonna find your people, you're gonna find your clan. Um it's gonna you know it people are gonna appreciate your openness and honesty when you come out to them. And it's you know when it happens, it's gonna be the most wonderful you know thing ever. You just gotta make sure that uh you can do it when it's possible and be safe to do it too. You know, hearing you know, Chris, you know, Chris's story growing up with, the uh, with the church too. He gets bullied. And then what happens with his, you know, support group from the church, they it on top of him as well. So it's, you know, if you find the right people and you, you live it, you know, you, life is short, you got one chance at it, you know, don't hold back and just embrace all you can and, you know, get the right people in your life to do it. You know, this band is just, you know been my best friends for the past 10 years we've made more friends through this band than i could ever imagine happening every time I go to a a new city i've got you know instantly new people following me on you know social media that i'm interacting with and it's just the most wonderful thing so you know you 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 get out there you be unapologetic and then you you know you find the right people to connect with and uh
1: make it happen
2: oh all right thanks glenn glenn your turn
1: oh my god i gotta follow that yeah. uh, <laughs> uh i mean i definitely agree with like you know like like find your tribe you know what i mean if if you if you don't feel accepted and loved and appreciated where you are find 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 that somewhere else because it, it totally exists um i'd say you know find that tribe you know live your your truth like your real fucking truth and uh don't ever be afraid to do that don't ever feel like you deserve less of a life or less happiness or less respect or less joy than uh you know than 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 heterosexual people or anybody that would tell you that you're less than them because you aren't. Um and uh I know it's hard to believe that sometimes. Um and I would say, you know, like I don't know, this is a dumb program thing, but like you're only as sick as your secrets. And if you don't live your truth and you don't sort of uh live your authentic life and you don't find your people and you don't find your joy and your voice and uh you know a way to respect yourself like that's just gonna kill you it just will it'll kill your soul and then it'll kill you so like you can't it's not sustainable like not being yourself like it's 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 dangerous it's so i don't know maybe that was weird and dark
2: no no, no that was i mean when, when i interviewed cassandra peterson elvira she said the same thing you're only as sick as your secrets
1: you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. that tells me something about her that I didn't know. <laughs> cool. Yeah.
2: So I, Brian, Chris, you guys got want to append your state, amend your statements or append or, or, uh, you, you guys, you know, you, you, you laid down some great concrete statement last time around, but, uh, I, I do give you the floor if you want.
7: You go first. Um, you know, we just recently did a, uh, sort of an interview with a publication here and, in LA for Pride, and we got asked a series of questions, and one of them was, you know, what, what would you tell someone? What would be your advice? And um, I agree with with Glenn and Clint. Um, you know, we always say find your people. You know, find find your tribe. But for some people, that's really hard. You know, if they're they're alone, if they're in a family that isn't accepting, and they're um they don't have a, a big social circle. But all I say is, if you have access to the internet or you have a phone. You can find an LGBT center somewhere close and you can even send them a, a, an email. You can reach out for help and that's where it starts. That's where it starts. And I say, when you get to the point where you can help someone else, be someone else's light in their darkness. Yeah. Help out that way.
3: Yeah.
1: Give it back. That's
5: true. I, um, I just found this uh, one thing. It says, um, you will be too much for some people those aren't your people
2: (laughs) okay now i can say that about you guys
1: yes
2: (laughs) it's not that i'm too much it's that
1: you're not enough
2: (laughs) yeah okay all right so okay guys this has been awesome i finally got to interview gacy dc i guess bummer that tim didn't make it
3: but, he, uh, he
7: apologizes. He's been sending me messages. He was trying to get on. He had technical issues on his end. He's very, very sorry. Um, he wanted to be here, but he was very happy that we were talking with you.
2: Uh, and, and is he happy that we talked about him behind his back the I'm way sure. that we did? Yes,
7: <laughs> of course he is. Yes, because <laughs> we were
5: effusive, weren't we?
2: <laughs> I told him. I told him we gave him a lot of love. He was yes. very appreciative. Okay, great. Um, okay, fellas, everybody, thank you for your time. It's been an honor. Benefit. I mean, you know, been a fan since, you know, who knows when, right? And Pansy division and all that. I feel like you know one of these days I'll see you guys live, and now I'm now I'm on the hook to play bagpipes for you. Um,
1: <laughs> you are. You are. <laughs> like
2: no, so I said, "Can you, I said, "I've always wanted to play the bagpipes very badly, and that's how I play them very badly." You know. Well, that, that that's got to
7: be one of your motivations to get back here in safely and and come back
2: yes Yes, i will come back in one piece guys so but uh for everybody else uh thank you gacy dc brian chris glenn and clint and steve who had to take off and uh always a pleasure to talk to you guys so to everybody else out there take care be good to each other and let music do awesome in your lives and special thanks to Brian, Steve, Clint, Glenn, and Chris, the men we all know as Gay C D C. Thank you so much for your time. It was an honor, and I just love those guys. As just, just great guys, not just as fun musicians, but they are terrific dudes. And uh, special thanks to Barry Andrews of Shriekback for allowing us to use the theme and title of Sticky Jazz. And uh, I guess we'll get Tim on for something later i hope i would love to speak to tim in the meantime everybody let's uh let let's play this one out with the song uh it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll which is by uh which is the cover of AC/DC performed by gay dc and well hung heart so let's rock everybody enjoy <laughs>